Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Baseball family, welcome back to another episode. Today, we are going to get into some current events, including front office moves. We're going to talk about Joe Morgan And we're also going to get into MLB playoffs right here on the Baseball Together podcast. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Baseball family, we're really glad you're here joining us today. We have a really interesting show lined up for you. First, like we said, we're going to get into current events. We're going to lead with the sad news uh, right off the bat. Joe Morgan has passed away in 2020, just continues to just take and take and take, and it's doing mm-hmm. very little giving. Yep. So uh, the baseball community continues to uh, lament this year, and Joe Morgan is just yet another. Mm-hmm. Yep. He is, and you know, it's... We're- Throughout the day, you know, you see stuff that people post on social media about Joe Morgan, you know, current players, former players, people in the Reds organization, um, MLB was posting some stuff. And, you know, one of the most famous members of the Big big Red Machine, you know, I mean, the guy was, what, a two-time MVP? My screen's not loading. Yeah. Yeah, two-time MVP. But, I mean, our generation, you and I, we know him as being part of a legendary Sunday night baseball team with John Miller. You know, when I That's right. When I think of Sunday night baseball, I think of John Miller and Joe Morgan. Because A, the names just flow together so well, but the names probably flow flow together so well because B, they were really, really good. I loved listening to those guys. They were. And, you know, that that is my shallow relationship with Joe Morgan and I wish I'd <laughs> I wish I was more familiar with the big red machine. Um, but you know, learning about him growing up, obviously it's one of the teams you hear about. Um, but you know, I had Whitey Ford pass away this last week and I honestly don't know anything about Whitey Ford. You know, it's the chairman of the board. See, I didn't know that. To Whitey Ford. Yeah. yeah the, that's his nickname, the chairman I, of the board. I know that now. See? And his, his actual first name was, was Edward. Yeah, see, didn't I'm know that. I'm not mistaken. And see, I I knew Whitey Ford just by his name, but I was actually like familiar with Joe Morgan, right? Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. So those Whitey the, Ford played 16 years for the Yankees exclusively, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and these are these are probably the things I should be looking up when these when these legends pass away. You know, as 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 we get older, that's what's going to happen. Is it's going to be guys that we're more familiar with. It's it's crazy. It's crazy right. to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, you're so. absolutely right. So let me just give you a, while. You, why don't you look up some Joe Morgan stuff, and I'll give you the line on Whitey Ford really quick. Okay. Um. So 106 wins. Uh, am I reading that right? No, sorry. 236 wins and 106 losses overall. So win loss percentage on the mound of 690. Um, career ERA of 2.75. Hmm. 
That's a, that's incredible. Yeah. That's out of three thousand one hundred seventy and a third innings overall. I'd say that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, but you're absolutely so, right. So Joe Morgan was a two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten time All Star. Like I said, two time MVP, mm-hmm. finished second in the rookie of the year voting in nineteen sixty five, played for twenty two years to nineteen eighty four. I mean, so there's a reason because he retired before I was even born. So I mean that's why I'm zero yeah. familiar familiarity with his his playing career. But like I said, excellent broadcaster, excellent color man. He did have I feel like one of the best play-by-play guys that he was in the booth with in, in John Miller. Um, so, For sure. So he was able, so he got out of the way and let Joe Morgan talk and do his thing, but he was good at it. He was very, very good at it. And that's, and that's one of the things that always stuck out with me with Joe Morgan. So yeah. I was very surprised. He was 77 years old. Um, you know, that gets to be, I, I think a point where it's kind of like, you shouldn't be surprised, but you still are, you know? Yeah. It's in that weird spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because 77 is old, but it's not that old anymore. So not anymore. Not with what we can do now. Yeah. Yeah. But here, yeah. here's one of the big things that so, sticks out with Joe Morgan to me is that yeah. he threw right, batted left, second baseman. He's only five foot seven. <laughs> Kids don't ever let right. anybody tell you you're too short. Because you've got a Hall of Famer, yep. Joe Morgan was only five foot seven, and granted, he's probably an outlier, but still, he was able to do it and do it. It's really possible, well. yeah. Well, five ten. Whitey Ford was five ten. Cy mm-hmm. Young Award winner, six World Series, two ERA titles, ten time All Star and World Series MVP, also in the Hall of Fame. So, very yep. nice. So, lost Good a couple stuff. of great ones this week. Um, what was Joe Morgan's war? Do you still have it up? I do. 100.5. Yeah, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He hit 271 over oh his career. He slugged 427. Had an 819 OPS. So. Wow. Whitey Ford, 57.1 career war. Wow. So. I thought that was impressive, <laughs> and then you whipped out. <laughs> I was like, "No, oh, okay." <laughs> well, it helps playing for the teams that he did. I mean, I'm not saying that that's like the reason, oh, but yeah. when you have those guys around you, it, it helps. I mean, because you can get on base and you can score. So, 100% agree with you, man. So, excellent. 100% agree with you. So let's move on. The White Sox fire Rick Renteria. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know. It's kind of weird. I mean, they've been doing really well this year. Uh huh. So I, I don't. They had a good what do you year. Think of this Brad. The, and the only <laughs> thing I can think year. of. The only thing I can think of is that the front office felt like he had basically capped out. That this year, the the season they had, the small playoff run they had was as good as it was going to get for him. But I don't think that's yeah. the case. I don't. I don't feel like that's the case with them because this roster had only been together for this year, you know, maybe give him another and, year yeah. with this group of guys yeah. who, who's put together to compete. I mean, you've got Luis Robert in center field, who is a legitimate star yeah. and he was a rookie this year. You well, know, talk about Tim Anderson yeah. and Giolito. Mm-hmm. 
Giolito had just, a perfect bid just, going. Just scraping the surface. You've got yeah, Tim Anderson, Giolito. They had they had Dallas Keuchel on that team. Like, I don't. Yep. I don't know why you don't give this guy one more year because he obviously did pretty well with them. And you know, in a division with the Twins, who, albeit might have been streaky, still won the division going away because they they were, they were a good team in the regular season. So mm-hmm. competing with that and finishing second in the division to me is not it's not anything to to turn your nose up at. I don't feel like they should have Well, and not to mention it's a weird season. Like Yeah, exactly. How accountable can we really hold these people for having to be as adaptive and as resilient and as, you know, dynamic decision makers and stuff like that that, mm-hmm. that we've asked them to be? Yeah. So I think under the current circumstances Every he should have every reason on paper anyway to stay where he is. The problem mm-hmm. is it's the stuff you can't see on paper. I don't claim to have any insight into this, but this this seems to be an anomaly. Something's going on with the culture, something's going on with the uh, you know, maybe there's a personality conflict or some something like that. And it could be at the front office, it could be in the clubhouse, I don't know. But it's a. This is an X factor situation in my mind. The way I'm reading this, it doesn't make sense. Like we've said on paper, well, for them to take an odd season with the right team and then say thank you very much, go away. Now, see this. This is the thing that I thought was really interesting about it was because Rick Hahn, the GM for the White Sox, said, "You'll not hear me, nor do I suspect anyone within the organization share with you anything negative about Ricky Renteria in terms of." factors in this decision that it wasn't it doesn't seem like it was a personality thing a leadership thing that they liked everything he was doing um but it says han said this is off espn.com says han said that renteria and the front office has spoken for years about how the final final stages quote unquote final stages of the white Sox rebuild will go and you know maybe maybe it was just a difference of opinion with the final stages that, you know, maybe Renteria maybe. thought we need one or two more guys. And that's why we didn't get past the wild card round this year. Or maybe the front office is like, no, these are our guys. These are the guys who are going to lead us to a world series. So I don't know. And I don't feel like mm-hmm. if you're good, what's one more good player, maybe two more good players, you know, like you, yeah, right. I don't feel like you can have too many good players. <laughs> so, Right. Uh, like if if that's what he was pushing well, for or maybe he was saying we're good, we can compete with this group. I don't know, and then the front office was more ambitious. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only thing I could think of well, with reading that. But well, that statement to me sounds like hedging. So in the army when we wanted to get rid of a bad apple, we move him to a different team or a different company or something like that. We we did the same thing. Okay. <laughs> We'd say, "No, no, no. No problem. Everything's great." <laughs> Uh, we just we just decided to go a different direction. He's your problem now. Somebody else deal with it. But we don't, you know what I mean. So I'm like, I have a different relationship with that language. All right, I get it. I get it just it. sounds like hedging, and and it would be so easy for them to say, oh, by the way, all of this internal decision making that you can't ever verify, and you're not going to be privy to anyway, mm-hmm. which is also tied up in an NDA that he signed at the beginning of this conversation. So, listen, we're just going to hang our hats on. We've had this conversation started a long time ago. Yeah. Wink. 
Get out of here. <laughs> You're more familiar with the propaganda than I am, I guess, <laughs> with the spinning. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it's propaganda or if it's good PR. I don't know what the difference between propaganda and really good PR is. All I'm saying is it smells and that's interesting. That's it. It's just interesting. Yeah. I just see indicators and I call them out. That's all I'm there doing. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, speaking, well, speaking of funky changes, yeah, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Let's let's talk about Billy Bean. <laughs> yeah, this because is complicated. Suddenly, he's leaving, kind of Maybe. the Oakland Athletics. Now, yeah, right, and and we, we listen. We all know Billy Bean. And for those of you who aren't familiar, he's the he was previously the general manager of the Oakland Athletics when he put together the Moneyball team. And it was all under his leadership and his ideas, and he's been at the he's he's like the, one of the godfathers of Saber Metrics, and he's been at the forefront of all this new uh, approach to baseball and and different things like that. So for him to be on the outs, uh, and and maybe only with baseball, and we'll Brad'll probably be able to tell us more of the nuances, but um. He what? What did we decide? He was 2015. He was moved from general manager to executive vice president. Yeah, yeah. And then you had David Forst, who was promoted to general manager. But I mean, we were talking about this before. It it seems like he's still kind of there calling the shots. But what's going to happen? And what it seems mm-hmm. like is going to happen is Billy Bean is more than just the executive vice president of the A's. I mean, apparently he's part of what is it um the red ball acquisition corp so right he says he uh this is according to mlb.com he co-chairs the company and they're going to merge a business venture with the red sox owner john henry's fenway sports group so i feel like that right there red sox a's he obviously would not be able to work with the a's because that is a that's a conflict of interest conflict of interest so So if this happens, um, Billy Bean will be out of baseball um, because this this article with, on MLB.com, I'll put the link down in the doobly-doo so you can read it if you'd like, or you can just listen to me talk about it. Um, he, <laughs> yeah, you it, know it, I like that. Brad. <laughs> it seems like he's not going to be involved with the Red Sox at all. I mean, it was documented in the, in the movie Moneyball that, uh, that the Red Sox offered him a position with the GM or as, a, as their GM, and he actually was – he turned it down, and Theo Epstein took the job, and they went on to win the World Series. But anyways, now yeah, you don't need to see right. Moneyball. Anyway, uh, so he's not—he's actually not. Spoiler be... alert! <laughs> ah, I was late. <laughs> so he's not yeah. actually going to be involved with the Red Sox. If anything, he—he he might be involved with um, Liverpool FC of the English Premier League. It seems mm-hmm. like that is more likely. Maybe that's where his new passion lies—is in a little bit of footy. I don't know. Um, a little, foot, little footy. Yeah, but that's, that's, right. <laughs> uh, that is kind of some speculation in this article that, that he's not going to be involved in baseball anymore. He's actually going to be involved possibly with soccer going forward. So, interesting. Something to keep your eye on. Um, as of right now, it says that the A's and the, and the Red Sox um, have not confirmed or commented on the report of this happening. But keep an eye out for it because that's interesting. Um, the direction of the A's could change with Billy Bean not in the front office. I wouldn't be surprised well, to see some maneuvering there with their with the way they do business. 
Totally. And here's what's really interesting is that maybe this is the greatest thing to happen to the A's since Billy Bean. Honestly. It could be. Because because they've been on the cusp for so long now, uh, and and it's just been sad to see them get... Like, this season is a great example. Mm -hmm. They get this close. Um, and they have every chance of winning, and they should win, really. But for whatever reason, there's this elusive thing going on. They just can't pull it together, and I don't understand why. So if this is a changing of the guard, Mm -hmm. that would be not only appropriate but timely. And I feel like Billy Bean is getting out in front of it. And you're right. He's he's also involved in software, and he's involved in another English uh, football uh, team of – we call it soccer people. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> it's a football team, football club in the EFL, which is like their triple A for the sake of our listeners here. Um, mm. And they have, so, so he's already, and that's been three years running. So he's already making this shift toward uh, English football, so European football. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um I just think it, it, so to bring it back to the A's, I think this could be the most pivotal decision they make uh, to date since Billy Bean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, I and I totally agree with what you're saying about the A's. Like, they have a talented team. They ran away with the AL West. Like, it was never, yeah. never really close because they were very good. And who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll actually make an effort to bring in a superstar when they think they can compete like this because they didn't bring anybody in which i get you don't want to mess with the chemistry but at the same time you've got to have somebody who get that big hit for you when you need it in the postseason and they had a bunch of young guys who couldn't do it so so just go with me down this rabbit hole let's go through the looking glass for a minute and let's imagine the, the what if luke voigt had not been traded to the yankees what if he had gone from st louis to oakland Let's just let's just imagine mm. this, okay? Just as an, and there's a million examples, but this is just the one that came to mind off the bat. Like that mm. is potentially the X factor they've been looking for. Well, could you imagine him? I in don't the think. Same, could you imagine him in the same lineup with Matt Olson and Ramon Lariano? and then Matt Chapman no, and when he comes back, and then Chapman, right in the hot, yeah, the two hot corners, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like. That would be that would be something else, and then Chris Davis it, it on would top be, of that too. The good Chris Davis, see, yes. The good, yeah, right, right, right. yeah. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> the Chris Davis, what twenty seventeen? Chris Davis twenty eighteen? Um, yeah, I, I'm telling you though, it's one. It is. It sometimes it does come down to one guy. I don't know, and maybe. Maybe Luke Voigt wouldn't have flourished in Oakland like he has in New York. I don't. I don't know. There's all that other stuff, but but if you're going to compare apples to apples, mm-hmm. you know that that trade went down a couple of years ago, and it could have easily gone this direction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So maybe maybe something in the front office changes, and they they can acquire talent further upstream the way that other organizations do, and yeah. make magic happen. I yeah, because I mean we're going to talk about a one hypothetical. Guy making, I thought was fun. An impact in the postseason here in just a minute, but no, I mean absolutely. I I see what you're saying there, and it it could have been the one that put him over the top. If that's you know, like you said, it's a, a move that they had made, move that they had been willing to make, could have been or somebody yeah comparable. I don't know. 
interesting I don't to know. think about. But before we get take a break, let's talk about the KBO. Yeah, because been a while. it's been a while since we've talked about yeah Korean baseball, and I think we owe it to you people to talk about Korean baseball. So, um, the best part about this is that <laughs> is that every time we do a KBO update, it ends up being an NC Dinos update yes. because they're the best. They are. It's our team. They're the best team. Yeah. And, and it's our team. So Neener Neener and Pablo <laughs> Raspberry. But this Brad is the thing. now knows what so, it's like to have a number one T team. I yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. I was a I was a, but a teenager the last time I had a number one team. You were a wee lad. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing about the NC Dinos though, is I actually turned on a game today. Um I had some I had some spare time and I, I turned it on a game while I was working and uh and I was sitting there watching, and Daniel Kim, who's like the the international KBO insider, they have him on ESPN. He's like, he's like, you know, the NC Dinos. I mean, before I get into that, they're five games up on the LG Twins. The LG Twins are the second place team in the KBO, and the NC Dinos are five games up. And the reason this is is because, according to Daniel Kim, while the NC Dinos were having issues with their bullpen early in the season, they've got it sorted out the second half. And they have the best bullpen in the KBO right now. Now, mm. that being said, like I said, NC Dinos five games up on the LG Twins. The Dinos have still lost five in a row, and the Twins have won six in a row. Right. So yes. that bullpen <laughs> definitely, definitely gained them some ground. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a pretty big lead that they had if they can lose five in a row and still be five up. So, not worried yeah. about our dinos, Brig. Yeah. We got two weeks left. I, I still think yeah. we can clinch. So, what did you say? Thirteen or fourteen games, something 14, like that. Fourteen games left, at least for the dinos. LG has uh, has eleven games left, but the dinos have have fourteen. I think they got rained out a couple times. So, mm, okay. So yeah, something to pay attention to. Okay. I no, I've said that so much today, <laughs> but if you've been following the the dinos and you and you and you like the dinos like we do keep an eye on it because it's going to be a fun little stretch and their postseason is going to start after the world series ends yeah so we'll have more baseball following the world series and just as a reminder the way that the kbo does their playoffs is unique so if the nc dinos end up in the number one seed they don't play anybody until the championship series everybody everybody's got to work their way up the ladder so They, you know, they have a buy for however many days until the yeah. number five seed team, you know, whoever ends up there, yep. works their way through to number two or whatever. I don't know. They're, Brad, you have a fancy word for that, that kind of tournament goes. What's it called? Oh, I call it the Mortal Kombat ladder. There you go. That's what it was. Until <laughs> <laughs> they get to the boss level. Yeah, yes, exactly. we all know yeah. what that's like. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Anyway, so but that's a lot of rust you got to shake off suddenly. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm excited for it. Like I'm really excited for it. Yeah, because I like I said I, I kind of dusted off the KBO today and uh, and watched a little bit and I was like, yeah, let's get ready for the playoffs. Playoffs on playoffs on playoffs coming up. Here we go. It's pretty so. exciting. So baseball family, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to get into the division series and our reactions to those. And then we'll take another break, and then we'll come back with the championship series and what's happening now. But first, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We're going to talk about the division series. We're going to start in the National League. But, Brig, before we do, I mean, looking back on these series, um, the best – I mean, I can only describe it like they just felt – it was underwhelming is is the the word that I think describes them best because, you know, I said last week I was so excited. I love a five-game series. It's a ton of fun. And then they just – they were over before we knew what happened. No days off. And yeah. it's just like, well, well, okay, on to the championship series we go. Like, just, I mean, did it feel that you're, way to you? Bro, you're being real nice about this. I thought they were straight up boring. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, not going to lie to you. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, you had the Thank Dodgers you. completely dominate <laughs> the Padres. And, you know, let, let's, let's just start there. Let's start with. The, the Dodgers and the, Padres. Excuse me. Excuse me. Could you say it right, please? The Padres and the, Dodres? The Padres and Dodres. <laughs> it's from a previous okay. conversation. But Listen, the baseball and family. Sometimes when you're super tired, okay, you mix up the first letter in the word, and it just happens, and it's fine. But I want everybody to take a minute. Close your eyes, unless you're driving. Then don't do that. Close your eyes. <laughs> And I want you to just say the words Podgers and Dodres and tell me <laughs> that doesn't feel good. Just tell me Podgers right. and Dodres doesn't feel right because it does. Okay. <laughs> definitely. All right. Now that we're done with our daily meditative session, let's get into this division <laughs> series. <laughs> so to me, so the first game, you know, it, it wasn't particularly close. The Dodgers won five to one. And then game two, you had a six to five barn burner. The Dodgers won, but that series I feel like was won when Cody Bellinger went over the center field wall and robbed Fernando Tatis Jr. of a home run, a go ahead yep. home run at that. That was the it. that yep. was the end of it. Like the the Padres <clears throat> never recovered. They had a chance at the end of that game, but they didn't get it done, and that was like that was it. Series over when when Bellinger did that. Which was weird because there was an entire game left to play, <laughs> but they didn't show weird, up for that. But they didn't show up to a twelve to three loss. They, I guess, somebody yeah. forgot to tell them. But if I don't know, did you get to watch that game, game two? How much? I mean, I watched just about every pitch of the of the division series because I don't have much of a life. But <laughs> I would Brad, say the Brad, you don't have to tell people about that. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it, Brick. I've come to terms with it. Okay. But, <laughs> but so That's the top fair. of the eighth inning, top of the ninth inning of that game, they showed the Padres. I keep almost saying Dodres and Padres, just so you know. Padres and Dodres. But, it, doesn't yeah. it feel good, Brad? We go over this? <laughs> it does. It's, it is actually quite <laughs> – like, it, it's actually, like, so much easier, to be honest with you. But – they showed the it Padres is. dugout in the, like the top of the eighth or the top of the ninth inning, and they looked like they had lost. They looked like they were getting eliminated, and the, it was series over. 
right there. And, you know, they got they got some life breathed back into them when they kind of made a little bit of a rally in the ninth inning. But they they were defeated. They were they were down yeah. and out already. And that's not how you come into a game three. You're not going to be able to shake that much stink off and come into an elimination game and win when you've got the Dodgers who have all of this experience in the postseason. Like, you're oh, not going to beat whole that. whole mess of it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to beat that with that kind of – like I said, you're not going to beat it with that kind of stink on you and that little experience in that dugout. Yeah. So – I agree with you, Cody man. Bellinger, and, and congratulations. Let, you eliminated the Padres single-handedly. Yeah, almost single-handedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and but, what, but what I think is, okay, go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead. I'm, go ahead. I'm going to talk about the Padres for a minute. Okay. Just what is with Clayton Kershaw? Like, he's not supposed to be able to pitch in the postseason, and now now he can. Well, or whatever. Here's the, thing. <laughs> here's the thing, Brig. When the batters don't know what's coming, it's a lot harder for them to hit what Clayton Kershaw is dealing. So, well, I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. I'm just saying it's different, Brad. <laughs> it is different. It's, okay. <laughs> it's like regular like, season Kershaw, and maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. I I do have I do have an actual legitimate idea for you of why he's why he's pitching better now okay 60 game season that is what i was gonna say that is yeah, that's that is legitimately yeah that to me so far that has been the biggest difference in clayton kershaw mm-hmm. yeah he's he's not and it's awesome. maybe he's somebody who going forward only pitches every sixth day instead of every fifth. You know, maybe the Dodgers go with a bullpen day or yeah. go with a six man rotation. I don't know. But yeah, he's in like mid season well, form. He is and the Padres are gonna need to figure something out moving forward because what we don't want to see and what can't happen is them go all the way to the show or all the way to the World Series and have him fall apart, which I don't mm-hmm. think will happen, honestly. But if if next season they put him back in that you know five five day rotation like you're saying, and we get to September or into October and he can't hang anymore, like they need to learn this lesson now is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yep. that's that's all I I'm saying. I agree with you. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, Brig, hundred percent. Well, thanks, Brad. <laughs> okay, so, okay. So I was. A minute ago, I'm glad I'm glad that I let you speak because I was going to go straight through on to the, the Marlins and Braves. Um, but no, Thank I you. think that was an excellent point that you brought up. Um, oh, but no, let's talk wonderful. about the Marlins and Braves. That was quite possibly mm-hmm. like one of the most dominant performances by the Braves. Well, like, the, excuse me. The word you were looking for is boringest. Well, yeah, boringest, <laughs> but also incredibly dom- dominant. And the Braves no, have I agree, been I agree to this point. <laughs> Like, the Reds didn't even score in the two games they played against each other. The Marlins only scored in one. They scored five runs, which typically is enough to win a postseason game, but they got beat nine to five. They gave up, you know, they gave up nine runs in that. And then you go and get shut out in games two and three. It's like, okay, I know you weren't really supposed to be here, but show up. 
for those other games. Which is, and they really have only allowed five runs in the entire postseason through the DS, through the division yep. series. Yep. It's shocking. That, now they're yeah. not playing teams that put up a huge numbers anyway, so we got to give them that. But at the same time, they are shutting people down. And what's so funny about the Braves is going into this season, all we could talk about was how cautious and and worried we were going to be about their pitching. And now, yeah, clearly, things well, you are lose good. Your, you lose your, you lose one of your top guys in Mike Soroka. It's like, uh oh, now what yeah. with pitching? But it's like everybody else is like, I got this. Just everybody else stepped up, did their part, has done their yeah. part, continues to. And I mean, the Braves are dangerous. One of the things that you saw that I saw at least with this series is that they're one of those teams who, if one run gets if one run gets across the plate, it's like a dam is breaking, and everybody else all of a sudden has confidence, and they string together. They don't just string together hits; they're stringing together doubles and home runs. Is what they're doing. Yep. I mean. We saw the same thing with the Dodgers. That's why they beat the Padres 12-3 to in Game 3 because it was like there was just an explosion of scoring all of a sudden. It's happened in Game 1. It's happened in Game 3 with the Braves is that they're stringing those together and it's like it's just a barrage of runs and it all happens in one inning, maybe two, and there's nothing anybody can do about it because of that pitching. So through the division series, here I got this line on it right here. This is again okay. from BaseballReference.com. The division series, Atlanta Braves, okay, out of 101 at-bats, they scored 18 runs with only 26 hits. <laughs> okay. Now, just sit with that information for a minute. <laughs> yeah, 26 it's, hits, it's scored else, 18 man. runs, okay, and... And of those, guess how many were home runs, Brad? 26 hits. I'm going to say... 26 hits, 18 runs over, 101 at-bats. How many of them were homers? 15. Five! Five! Five. Nice. I love Five. it. Five! Yes! That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's all I'm saying. Man, freaking-tastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it's how you win the postseason. Small ball. Yep. Small ball. That's how you win. And you know what? All the articles I'm seeing, all the headlines are like, if you want to win in the postseason, you'll hit home runs. And I'm like, you don't understand baseball, stupid face. (laughs) Sorry. Well, because I agree that home runs are not an insignificant portion of the game. I got it. I know. Are they run producing? Yes. Did John Carlos Stanton just have a heyday this postseason and will probably retain his contract for no reason whatsoever except for this last handful of games that he finally decided that his bed was not too firm or too soft, but it was just right. And now he decided to show up and hit home runs. And then, God, I'm so frustrated. (laughs) And we'll get to that. Or do you want to do it now? Do you want to, do you want to talk about that now? We just, we just have to. We have to, because then they lost, Brad. <laughs> they did. It's true. They lost. Not, but that's the thing is that was by far the absolute best series of the division it series. It was because and you I, had the Yankees win nine to all three. Five Rays games. win. Yeah, it did. Rays won. Yankees won nine to three. Rays won seven to five. Rays won eight to four. Yankees won five to one. And then game five, it comes down to 
the bottom of the eighth inning, and Chapman again gave up an elimination home run. This one wasn't a walk off just because of the inning and the situation, but, but it, still, it might as well have been. Run. It might as well have been because I don't. I didn't see any Yankees going up there looking like they were confident enough to put a run across. No. No. So, no. No. It's just it's crazy to me though to think that it's the Rays. Gosh, I keep hitting my microphone. That it's the Rays who eliminated the Yankees of everybody, of everybody. Yeah. It's the Rays. I know. That they happen to I be know. the giant killers. Well, so. and only by a run differential of mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. Three runs. Yeah. Now, you yeah. can... You, so, you have to give credit to the long ball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And some of those some of those homers that Stanton hit were just amazing. I mean, they really were fantastic. Um, I just think we have, we're going to have an instant gratification problem come next season, but... The, the thing that's interesting to me is that we only get three run differential and that's, you can blame small ball or you can blame pitching and it's real easy to, to blame it on either, honestly, in this scenario. I quite honestly, I'd put the blame on pitching. Like that's... And I think I don't think you're wrong because of DJ LeMahieu specifically. Because mm-hmm. he, he's... He proves the small ball scenario works, you know, better than right. anybody on that team. But you're right; the pitching was the was what suffered for sure. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Tampa Bay pitching had a 4.5 ERA overall, and the Yankees pitching had a 4.4 ERA overall. So, I, I, it's it's hard for me to put it on pitching with with that close a similarity. Mm-hmm. Uh. But it, I don't my know. thing, my thing is timing, timely pitching. Because Araldis right. Chapman is not who he was. I mean, I, I said this about last year that he's not who he was two, three years ago. Obviously, not, not the same guy like, he was in sixteen, for sure. Because I mean, I was I was paying really close attention to what his fastball was clocking in that in that bat against. Is it Brosu? Brousseau? I think it's Brosu. Brousseau. Yeah. Yeah, I was paying real close attention to when his fastball was clocking that at bat, and he hit 101 like twice was all. Which, you know, not taking anything away from 101. <laughs> Can you believe but somebody you just who's said been that? clocked? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know. He, he was only hitting 101, Brig. He was only who's throwing that? a fastball 101 miles an hour. That's all because it wasn't 105 like we come to expect. <laughs> oh my but, god. Well, but there are but players on Tampa say, Bay's team that are hitting 100 and 101 too. So it's not – I see what you're saying. Everybody – like, I don't want to say everybody is, but everybody's throwing 95 and up. And the fact that he's actually coming yeah. down, he's on the decline. He's not throwing 105 anymore. He's, he's not throwing 103 sure. anymore. The fact that yeah. he is, quote-unquote, only throwing 101, I mean, there, there's a big difference between 105 and 101. Right? Oh, yeah. So, I'm not saying change up stuff, but no straight maybe cheese. A, yeah, but yeah, no it it makes a difference, and he, I don't know, it's I I start it's it's when Chapman comes in to get those six seven out saves to close out the yep. game that that's where I really start to worry about 
his yeah. effectiveness, and that was it. That was it. Me too. So. And here's the deal. Look, if you look at it on paper, and this is, goes back to your timeliness and timing comment, because mm-hmm. if you look at him on paper, across two games, he pitched two and two-thirds innings, 3.38 ERA, and he gave up one hit, one run, of which was earned. He walked one guy, and he had four strikeouts. You know, Now, in a closer scenario... That's pretty. That's that's decent for sure. That's that's respectable, mm-hmm. but but given the the circumstances of the game, now we don't even want to talk about Jay Happ's thirteen point five ERA in the division series. <laughs> Adam Ottavino's thirteen point five. Where is that coming from? Or and, Tanaka? Uh, Tanaka eleven point two five. Eleven point two five for Tanaka. Yeah. And I can't be mad at Devi Garcia. Can you believe he got up there at all? No. No. Amazing. They went with the opener. They put in the new kid. I think he did fine. Yeah. I'm yeah, not you crazy about the You scenario, can't be upset with one run and one appearance in one inning for no. a guy who maybe wasn't ready. Yep. So Garrett Cole, on the other hand. 3.18 ERA over the division series through 11 and one third mm. innings and gave up seven hits and four runs four earned, but runs. he struck out 17. Yes. He struck out 17. That's the big thing with Garrett Cole. He was by far and away the best guy for yeah. the Yankees. He still gave up four. Oh, runs. Yeah. The next starts, closest which... is six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Yankees are going to need to make some moves of pitching this offseason, though. Like, I know that the big move last year was was Garrett Cole, but you've got it. You've got to get in that bullpen because bullpens, as we've seen, are really what win in the postseason. Small ball and bullpens, which it's like so boring to say that, but yeah, but it's so true. We've been saying it this whole time. It yeah, it's true. It's true, and I mean the Padres. The reason they didn't advance was because they had to use their bullpen too much. Because right. you had Mike Clevenger, who hurt his elbow or shoulders, and I can't remember what it was, but he, he got hurt, had to come out. So they had to rely on the bullpen for the entire game. And, I mean, they – yeah. it's You've got to have your bullpen, but they've got to be rested so they're effective. So, I agree. Real quick, let's go Let's go down the, um, the road of the Astros and the A's before we take a break. Yeah. So just real quick, yeah. that was – the Astros won that series three to one. Um, the A's like, I didn't. I didn't feel like they were particularly close. They won one game nine to seven, but other than that, I mean, they lost by five, three, and five. It was yeah, ten that to was five, game three. five to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they won one with their backs against the wall, which I I give credit to teams who can do that, who can take one when they need to, because right. obviously we saw a couple teams who couldn't do that. Hey but, now, yo. Yeah, no, I don't know. I I was upset. I'm still upset that the Astros moved on. I'm upset. I'm gonna. I'm chiming in right there with you, bro. I'm. I'm still upset. I don't know that I'll ever not be upset. Yeah. And you know what? To hear them talk, to hear the things they're saying and the things that that's ending up in the news, it's they're saying things like, like they're getting so much praise for having this chip on their shoulder. 
and rising to the occasion and overcoming all of the odds that have been stacked against them and the, all the social injustice that they're rising above. And I'm like, oh, just go away. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just can't take it. Well, it's like, this is the thing that really bugs me about, about it all is that they were decently quiet during the season because they were losing. You know, they they finished 29-31. Like they're they're under 500 and then now all of a sudden they're winning in the postseason and they will not shut up. Yep. It's like this is why people don't like you. The cheating is also on top of it, but this is why people don't like you. It's because hey, you were winning because you were cheating, but then you were cocky about it. And then now you're winning again and you're cocky about it again. This is why people don't like you. Carlos Correa, this you... is why people don't like you because you won't shut your dang mouth and just play the game. Like, yeah. I'm all for guys being outspoken, but redeem yourself first by going on a winning World right. Series without cheating. Don't yep. get out. Don't eliminate a bad playoff team and then eliminate another like they eliminated two teams that have notoriously bad playoff records the twins and the a's yep and now they're gonna go talk all this trash and like it it's ridiculous to me and i don't know it it drives me insane absolutely insane well it drives me insane too that's that's why we're gonna have to get into the alcs in the next Mm -hmm. segment because i got some things to say Ooh, I can't wait. Let's take a break. We'll get into it. All right. Welcome back, baseball family. And uh, as I sort of angrily segued from segment two to segment three, I want to invite you back and talk about the Houston Astros. (laughs) Um, Brad, are are you cool with that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Please do. I, I can't wait to hear it. So... I I think, listen, I can't speak for everybody in the baseball community. I don't know how you feel personally, but I'm with Brad. I'm I'm a little upset that, you know, that they're winning at all um, and that that they're producing at the level that they're producing. But what I think is really interesting is, is let's talk about, they've lost the last two games. Now, obviously this is, this is, for me, it's Tuesday morning, okay? But it's Monday night. <laughs> yeah. On the 12th. Yeah, it's a Monday night here, but yeah. <laughs> Brad's land. And, uh, you know, I'm hoisting the black flag here at, on the 13th. But um, so hopefully when you're getting this, you got you have an opportunity to, uh, to hear what I'm saying before it's too late. But they've lost. Houston's lost two games in a row to Tampa Bay. Uh, this tickles me pink. I don't really care who it was that beats Houston. I just want them to lose. And I'm sorry if that offends mm-hmm. you. But here we go. So I looked it up. Over the the last two games, this is very interesting to me. The Tampa Bay Rays have had 59 at-bats. Six runs scored off 10 hits total. And there have been five base on balls with 26 strikeouts. Now let's move this all the way over. That puts their that puts their um, on base percentage plus slugging at six fourteen. All right, so we're gonna move over. Houston Astros sixty nine at bats compared to the fifty nine in Tampa Bay. Three runs mm-hmm. scored 
compared to the six runs scored in Tampa Bay. Houston has had um, 19 hits compared to Tampa Bay's 10. Come on, 19? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 13 strikeouts is all compared to uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have struck out 26 times in two games. And Houston's on-base percentage plus slugging is at 736. Now, this is a perfect example. They've lost the last two games. Perfect example for me of when statistics don't tell the whole story. They fall Mm -hmm. short of of these intangibles and the situational uh, dynamics of the game that you can't get on paper. And I just thought this was this is a perfect example. It's, it's remarkable to me that here they are, you know, not far from totally losing the Houston Astros anyway, not far from totally losing out. And and on paper, you this is confusing. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this, Brad? Yeah, well, and I think it comes down to it. To me, it just comes down to timely hitting. You know, like Jose Altuve hit a one-out home run in the top of the first inning on Sunday. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's a big home run, but it's also kind of inconsequential to have a first inning home run. Like, if nothing follows it up, then it, it's one run, beginning of the game. The Rays are like, no big deal. We'll make that up in the third or fourth. Right. You know, and they did. They yeah. made it up with a home run in the fourth inning by Randy. I can't say his name. Oroz Arena. <laughs> yeah, there who's you go. a stud, by the way. He is. You know, he homered to center field. And then you've got Mike Zunino, who I love this guy, to be honest with you. Like, he's one of the best defensive catchers in the game. And and he, I loved him when he was in Seattle. But, man, he frustrated the ever-living crap out of me when he was hitting because he's one of those guys who will not come through with for you when it doesn't matter. Absolutely will not. And then when he does come through for you when it does matter, it's like – Wow, I did not see that coming because you're batting a buck fifty. <laughs> you know? Right, where, the, where all was, of his hits come was when you need them to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he singled to left center, and then and then on top of that, Brig, you know what he did in game two? Tell us, Brad. He homered. He homered, <laughs> oh, no. Brig. He hit a home run. Like this guy was like made for the playoffs, and he just wasn't getting there in Seattle for obvious reasons. Oh, and oh. it's just like Mike Zunino is like coming into his own in the with the rays of all teams in the playoffs of all places that you wouldn't expect somebody i've always described him as a 4a player that he belonged to japan because of he couldn't hit major league pitching but man here he is <laughs> contributing for the rays and helping him win games it's i couldn't be i couldn't be happier for the guy it, it's amazing and and part of it is just it's timely hitting that you know he hit he hit that home run in in the let's see the seventh inning today on monday yeah. And that ended up being that that was the winning run. Yeah, because it put him up three to two, or it put him up. Sorry, put him up three to one. Well, but still, that was that was the run they needed. Well, and so his slugging, or excuse me, his batting average in the playoffs over the last two games, not the playoffs, just in the ALCS over the last two games, four hundred. His OBP is at five hundred. His slugging is at a thousand, and his on base plus slugging. Is one point five zero zero. Okay. <laughs> Who would have thought in the playoffs? That's in, uh, like, clearly, that's in, 
two at bats. So obviously the sample size is very small. If you have any statistical yeah. analysis capabilities, you'll know that that is totally flawed logic. <laughs> but at the same time, this it's crazy. <laughs> if the season ended yeah. today, and that's, you'd and be that's like, one what? The, yeah, like watching him play in Seattle, you never would have, you would not have expected that those things to happen. And no. it's just there's always one guy who it happens to in the playoffs. That's right. Like it, it was every time. Uh, is, yeah, I, always, always, always. Like in the uh, in the division series for the Braves, it was um, why can't I think of Travis Darno? Is that was? Yeah, yeah. Is that who it was? Yeah, I, I was drawing a blank on his first name, but yeah, Travis Darno was the guy in the division series for the Braves who just kept hitting. Yeah, couldn't get enough of it, That's right. and you know propelled him. So no, who knows? Maybe it's my guy Mike Zunino for the Rays in the in the ALCS. Well, I'd love to see him win a World Series. I'm just saying this Mike Zunino line, this these statistics, they don't tell the whole story either. They this doesn't make any sense. No, they don't. Yeah, because there's because no they don't describe statist- him as. Yeah, no context. Right. right there, you go. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, but no, and the, and it doesn't describe him as a player. It doesn't describe describe him as a hitter. So it's 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 unreal, like truly unreal. It's unreal. But, so let's, I only bring this up because in the moments where it matters, like right now in the playoffs, we hammer these X factors. We hammer the situation. We hammer the context, and it's because this is why this is your sabermetrics. They're great. They tell a portion of the story, mm-hmm. but it's not the whole story. They only get you so far, right? You get those intangible yeah. moments, and you get those character development stuff. Uh, you get the clubhouse guy, and you get stuff like that. And this is why. This is exactly what I, we've been saying. So I just wanted to bang yeah. the drum slowly. Yeah. And sorry, I have to correct myself real quick. Um, Zunino's home run today ended up being just an insurance run because um, oh, Manuel Margot hit a three-run homer in the first inning. Mm. So I I knew he hit a homer today. I didn't there you know. Go. I didn't really have the full context. Yeah. So you're not Yeah, alone and then there. did you see did you see his catch that he had today? Margot's? No, I didn't I didn't see that either. He uh So he ran into foul territory. I didn't see who it was who was hitting, but he ran into foul territory and he like flipped over the wall onto like the concourse. It wasn't even into the stands. It was an empty space. Huh more than probably a three foot fall and he caught the ball in foul territory to make a big out. So dude. See the guy coming. Can't put through. that in statistics. No. Yeah. I mean if you watch the it, it's uh it's one of my favorite things. If you're just watching the game cast you see fouled out to right. Yep. You have no idea what happened. Yep. <laughs> that that catch energized an entire dugout. No, exactly. And should there be stands in stands in the fans? Wow. Should there be? I told you it's early in the morning. Should there be fans in the stands? It is, yeah. Um, that would have energized a lot of people, or it would have yeah. made rendered mute even more. So both mm-hmm. have significant impact when there are fans in the stands. But you, you know, let's talk about fans in the stands for a minute, okay? Because you've got the Braves and the Dodgers playing in Texas at Globe Life Field. Yep, and uh, there are fans in the stands. Yeah, I was watching that game tonight, and it was it was refreshing to see actual people in the stands. It was really cool. More than a cardboard, Not cardboard cutout. cutouts. Yeah, right. <laughs> more than a more than a computer generated something, whatever that was, animation. I don't know if you can even yeah. call it that, but 
actual real life people in the stands. And I mean, talk about getting energized. There were a lot of Braves fans there. And that top of the ninth inning, they scored four runs. It was tied one to one going to the ninth. And the Braves put up four. And I'm sorry, Podgers, but the Podgers are sad. I don't know. I mean, I know it was I know it was one game, but that that could be trouble because it's like I said when you when you let them start to score, it piles on because you had Austin Riley homer, you had Ozzy Albie's homer, you had Marzello Suna hit a single to score Ronald Acuna Jr. and it was just like boom, boom, boom. Before you know it, they're up. They're up five to one. Yep. So that's right. So if the Dodgers can't stop that bleeding, they'll be in trouble, and they've got to figure out those bats, but nobody's been able to figure out Atlanta pitching yet. Nobody can, dude. It's crazy. And like we said earlier, it it was the big question mark going into this whole situation, and now it's like, oh, we're good. You're like, what happened? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. And And the catching situation has been figured out with Darno and – (laughs) <laughs> that, that's what I'm just saying is that Darno seems to be the the solution to the catching issue that they had earlier this year because right. he's doing it on both sides of the plate. I know. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't want to be a victim of the moment, but I think there's a good chance we could see history repeat itself with the Padres, and we could go into the World Series, and the Braves could be going to the World Series. Like I said, I don't want to overreact to just one game, but given what we've seen so far. I don't have any reason to think otherwise. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. And I'm the same way, victim of the moment, I, which I like to be. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, um, it's, it means you're living in the moment, which which is fun. Let's be real. Yeah, it is. And, and there are huge pitfalls there. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please, but yeah. <laughs> that. Let's be honest, though. It it is a, it is so much fun and. And, you know, as of whatever, 108 a.m. on the 13th, <laughs> okay, I uh, happen to live in Braves country and I'm um, pretty excited for them. Pretty excited for them. Pretty excited for all my yeah. friends here who have been waiting a long time for this. So if they can beat the Podgers and make mm-hmm. this happen, I'm going to be pretty happy about it for them. Yeah. I got some Padre fans in my friend group as well, okay? So baseball family, don't, like, come <laughs> at me. This is Brad's job, Don't guys. at me, bro. <laughs> this, listen, Brad's job, Blackjack Brad is supposed to offend people, not me, all right? I don't know what has happened. I hope I'm not offending people, but that's, Brad, that's your job. What, you, are you slacking off It is my job. It's a little bit of a hill turn on your part. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the first rule of holes. Yeah. When you're in one, stop digging. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you take it away, Brad? <laughs> well, check this out, baseball family. Don't forget to jump by the shop, <laughs> 9plusus.com, N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. Lots of great stuff. I've got my Baseball Together shirt on with my United We Fan hat. Both are Arizona-themed, colored. I, I love the colors, the Sedona red, the Vegas the Vegas gold. Um. I, th- I think Brig did a good job with those. Great job. Go Thanks, uh, stop by 9plusus.com. Get your stuff. we got lots of lots of new stuff coming down the pipeline here pretty quick. We've been talking about how it's getting cold across the country. It's actually cooled down a little bit here in Arizona. Um, I uh, I was a little bit chilly today. It was, it was only 100. 
<laughs> oh, so, no. Oh, no. <laughs> let, me, let me put that in perspective for you. It was so hot this summer, and and people kept telling us, like, this is the hottest summer I've seen in, like, 30 years. I'm like, awesome. Of course, the year we move here. Yeah, thanks. But, like, yeah. I pointed this out to my wife today. I was like, okay, if you put the highest temperature that you've seen of the summer on a scale of 100, I was like, it being 100 degrees today, it's, like, low to mid-80s relatively speaking that's Re- how hot relative, it was this summer yeah. now it's like 100 degrees we went outside and then and wilson hit some batting practice with me and it actually felt quite nice <laughs> wow so. see okay we had the opposite effect here in south carolina it went from like the 60s very very comfortable beautiful weather and today we uh-huh. were in the 70 75 range um oh nice yeah no no see we we all pull <laughs> I don't our know. sweaters I like out it's han solo season bro oh, and so yeah. everybody's wearing their tall boots and their their vests and everything yeah their patagonia gear is rocking hard and and i'm like what do i do i still wear chocos <laughs> that's all well I think I told you before we moved that I may never wear shoes again. I have only worn socks once since we've moved here. I've been barefoot and flip-flops <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> oh, yes. That's that, that, that's, a, that's a real thing. So, Well, it's, Baseball it's family, uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Baseball. Is it two, the number two, gather? The number two, gather. Baseball two, gather. Also, we're available on Instagram at Baseball Together. And you can always drop us a line in the mailbag at baseballtogether.com. It's the best way to do that. You can always slide into our DMs, which is the most millennial thing I'll ever say, and go right <laughs> and you can submit to the mailbag. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is also the best way to get a hold of us. For real, you can access the company's page at 9 plus us on Facebook or and the best way is to go into 9 plus us VIPs which you have to request access to totally free we want you to be a part of our baseball family in there we've built the best culture and it's all based on the the people we have in there we just have a tremendous group of people they just love to talk about baseball they tease me mercilessly about not responding as much as i should and i feel so terrible so for all of you baseball family members <laughs> listening i'm so sorry that i'm chronically unavailable but i do my very best (laughs) anyway with that baseball family we're really really glad you joined us today uh i hope you enjoyed the show we will catch you next week for sure and thanks for being here